Hello, everyone, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosarge, as always, with my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, 14 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 43 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. Yeah, we're, we're, we're here, man. Two weeks out, uh, two weeks from tomorrow, so I, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, kind of, you know, I have my seven-rounder coming out Monday, a second-to-last one, so... It's like trying to figure out these possibilities and starting to kind of think ahead to, okay, yo, I like this pick. I'm going to want to keep this at the end. It's, um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're getting into it now. Shane, I did a seven rounder this past Monday. And I don't know how you do this. <laughs> you I, you I enjoyed it thoroughly, I'm sure. I, this was That was terrible and awful and excruciating. I don't know how you do this every other week. Uh, hats off to you. Shane, I, I we're also in crawfish it. season, by the way. I had to wear my... My shirt wearing peak crawfish season, uh, waiting on waiting on uh, waiting on the phone call. I, I didn't know. I didn't know there were there was a crawfish season. So it is a thing, sir. All right. It is is all a right. thing. Uh, not not in Pennsylvania. No, but, <laughs> but on not. the Gulf Coast, it is a thing. It's supposed but, to snow. Uh, it's supposed to snow here on Monday. So we're, we're are you thing. serious? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm running my AC right now. <laughs> uh Two weeks away from the 2022 NFL draft, Shane, and we are uh, in lying season. Is that, is that what we're in right now? Uh, the smoke screens are, are out ablaze, and uh, we're going to try to get into a little bit of that. Yeah. But uh, we had a pretty important pro day uh, yesterday, day before yesterday. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, we weren't expecting to get any testing from him, the center from Iowa. Uh, and uh, we did. And, uh, it went very well. It, it did go well. Um, you know, he, th- there was a lot of questions, like you said, if he would work out. And then if he did, like, is it going to be that good? Because he's not the biggest. We know the arm size isn't there for a lot of the power schemes. And when people ask, oh, you know, did he fall or, or whatever, why that happened? That was kind of the reason. But um, I don't know, do you have the numbers put up in front of you? I mean, it was, it, it was good. I don't have the entire profile, but uh, I can give you uh, the seven one four three cone fastest ever for a center. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good start. Ever <laughs> four nine eight forty uh, as well. Uh, his RAS came out unofficially at nine five seven, um, which probably puts him. At least second or third in this class, in this center class. So uh, Tyler Linderbaum, uh, I mocked him thirty-one to the Bengals. Maybe just hoping, I guess, that that could happen. Um, Mel Kuyper's mock came out today, had him going thirty-one to the Jets in a trade up with the Bengals. Um, so, what is his? What would you estimate right now, today, two weeks before the draft? the ceiling for Tyler Linderbaum's draft status and where is his floor? I think especially with centers, it it is really tough to gauge that. I I don't know about you, but I always have trouble mocking where the center position is going to go. Teams generally don't bring them in for workouts. You know, teams, there's a lot of teams that don't value the position highly. Um, He obviously could play guard. So, like, I think the ceiling's high. Like, like if you told me he went, you know, 12, 13, something like that, I think it could happen. 
Um, I think the floor, I probably would say he's going to go in the first round. I mean, I would say, you know, maybe 27 to Tampa or 31 to the Bengals would probably be the floor. Um, I still think that range is, is there. It's a very wide range. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's the high, I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, the highest I can remember center goal is one of the pouncies at like 15. Yeah. I think that's, the, I think that was the closest in recent memory yeah, like like know. in the last 10 12 years at least yeah like if you're um, actually looking at uh you know looking at that i mean you know what we had marquise pouncey went 18 to the steelers um so i, I think that was probably Ryan kelly went 18 to the colts okay so, so that's that seems about as high so linderbaum you know could could go higher than that or does not i guess we'll see but yeah i mean uh, yeah, another important note from that uh, pro day is that he weighed in over 300 pounds. And that was another question that, that people had because he was listed at two, 289, 290. Uh, and I think he weighed 290 at the combine. And 296, yeah. 290, 296. And he, but he comes in over 300 here. So that's good as well uh, to show that, you know, I guess people had that question and he answered it. So, uh, hey, we got a little uh, – yeah, Montreal. French Canadian uh, love tonight here on the podcast. Appreciate that. Um, another pro day that hasn't happened yet and should have happened by now, but it's Drake London Day on Friday uh, out in Southern California. He's going to have his own own <laughs> own pro day, uh, I guess. Or, or there may be a couple other Southern Cal players working out too. I'm not sure. Haven't heard. But Drake London's the only one of importance, uh, I would imagine. What are your expectations if it even happens? Like I said, this I feel like this is the second time we've we've heard about this. Uh, but if he does indeed work out, what are your expectations for Drake London on Friday? I, I don't think it's extreme. Like, if it happens, I don't think he's going to come in here and we're going to you know be sitting here next week and be like, wow, that Drake London, you know um, – pro day really you know really great and i can't believe that he ran a 4-4 or whatever like he's still a really big dude who is you know is is trying to run this 40 time and do what he can to work out so i, I don't know for me i think if he can get if he can get 455 you know i think i predicted 452 ultimately i think that's really good for a guy of his size um, I think what's what I would like to see more is just in the green for his RAS for the explosive drills and the agility drills. I think if he can do those well at his size, I mean that if the three cone's good and the the vertical's good, like you know that, then I'm in that he could be a top ten pick. Um, but I think if the workout's poor, like I think we're talking back into the first. I think I think this is an important day for him. So, is there anything he can do that would? drop him out of the first like if his if it's just i'm not talking quite to the level of uh david bell <laughs> david bell or a mecca amizi type levels of of poor testing in, in this cycle but you know is is there a chance he drops into the second round with a poor workout i i think it has to be really bad and even even if it is bad like you said, maybe not on that level, but if it's like, oh, you ran a four, six, five, or, you know, uh, it's it's not great. Like, I still think it comes down to the medical of if he is a first-round pick then. Then it's, 
well, the ankle, we're still not sure it's going to get fully healed in time for the season. Okay, we'll pass. Um, I think I think it's possible. I would say the chances are slim that he falls out of the first round with the production that he's had, but I would I, never zero percent in the NFL draft. Never zero percent. Shane, I uh, want to talk about your team a little bit. The Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they're seeing all the quarterbacks. They're, they're not hiding it. They haven't hit it since the Senior Bowl. Haven't hit it. At, they didn't hide it at the Combine. They're not hiding it at the Pro Days. They're not hiding it in their top 30 visits, and I'm using this to transition to that next part about it. But uh, just, just break it down. I mean, they've literally had them all in there, uh, from Willis to Howell, Strong. They're all – they're 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 touching on everybody, first rounders to fifth rounders. They they're they're talking to them all, Shane. They're, they're going to take a quarterback. <laughs> like like the, the Steelers don't smoke screen much. They generally draft. I would say sixty to seventy percent of their draft are guys they bring in for visits, um, depending on how they move around. Like the last time that I remember there actually being a smoke screen, I think was two thousand seven. Was Mike Tomlin's first year. I mean, that's how long it's been like that. There have been times where they've had to take a guy Terrell Edmonds in 2018 uh, because their player was taken. But most of the time, like we knew they were taking Najee Harris, uh, knew they loved Devin Bush. We're going to move up for him. Knew they were going to take TJ Watt if he was there. Knew they're going to take Bud Dupree if he was there. Like they, they, you know what they're going to do. They're going to take a quarterback at 20. They're probably not going to trade up for one as much as people want to throw that out there for Willis or for Pickett. They're going to sit at 20 and see what happens. Maybe there's a, there's a chance they can move up, but I, I think it's most likely they're going to sit there and take the best quarterback available. Maybe it's Malik Willis. Maybe it's Kenny Pickett. None of them fall. Maybe it's Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter. I think they'll take this Kevin Colbert's last draft, and he drafted Ben Roethlisberger in 2004, and he wants to draft the next franchise quarterback and basically leave a 40-year legacy. This is how you do it. Correct me if I'm wrong, what you were talking about, them getting sniped on picks, and that made me think of another one you mentioned, Terrell Edmonds. Uh, wasn't Artie Burns also a uh, the fallback because the Bengals took William Jackson like one pick before? Correct, correct. Uh, it's, it's, all, all the picks, basically the Steelers had turned out bad. It was just because someone took who they wanted before them. Um, I'll have to tell the, the 2004 story of how they got Ben Roethlisberger, too, is a fun, is a fun story because uh, they probably shouldn't have gotten him either. So. <laughs> Um, so we, we talked about them bringing all these quarterbacks in for top 30 visits. And you, you said you wanted to kind of break this down because we might have some listeners who don't really understand, I guess, what a top 30 visit is, what teams use it for and, you know, how, what, what can you, what can you glean off of this when, when you see these kids that such and such has visited with the Steelers? So first, I think the the term top 30 visit is for some reason very popular this year. I don't know about you, Brian. Like, it, has, it, it, You see it a lot on the Twitter. Has that, come out sure. of, has that come out of nowhere? Like I feel like last year and before. Oh, I mean, last year they didn't have these. But before it was not a top 30 visit. Like that wasn't the name, right? It was visits. It was private workouts. Right. Um, so it doesn't mean that like they have this guy in their top 30 of their board or he's going to be a top 30 pick. Right. All it means they get they get 30 of these 
visits that they can bring guys to, to their facility and have a visit. There's a limited number. And so when you hear someone's a top 30 visit, that's what it means. Now, by the time we get to the draft, we usually don't hear no or hear no all of these for each team, right? Teams don't tell people. It's usually agents and players saying it because they want to drum up the interest. Oh, you know, my, my player is seven top 30 visits, right? Get other teams scared. Um, so we don't know all of them. But they also can bring in additional players for injury rechecks. So someone like an Andrew Booth uh, from Clemson is a lot of visits. Probably most of them are free. You know, they don't need to use a top 30 because he had surgery. And so they can do an, an injury recheck. And then uh, teams also get local visits. So local colleges or guys that uh, went to high school in that area, they can have come visit without counting against the top 30. From what I understand that as well, it's basically think of the TV market for a team. Like, um, or I'm sorry, the, the old what the old blackout rules were. If a team didn't sell out, it was the, the game was blacked out within a 75 mile radius of their city. That's essentially what the local pro day is. Because like Louisville, University of Louisville counts as the Bengals' local deal because it's within 75 miles of Cincinnati. So they can bring those guys in for their local pro day and it doesn't count against their 30 allotted visits. Right. So, you know, for the Steelers, Kenny Pickett was not a top 30 visit, but it's not any worse. They also this year have virtual visits um, that to my knowledge don't seem limited. Um, And a lot of times some of these players, you know, I'm working on a list and I'll post it on the site at some point uh, of kind of each team and who is visit. Like I might have some virtual ones on there that I'm not sure. So I put the guy on there. Um, I put the local ones on there that I've found, you know, where that happens too. And and what you can take away from it, it's not like, oh, they brought this guy in for a visit. They're going to draft him, right? That, that's not the case. There are certain teams, the Steelers, the Cowboys, who generally draft off their top 30 list. Like they want to meet the player. There's a lot of teams that bring in um, kind of late round picks and they're looking at guys more on the third day, you know, and want to bring that in. I mean, I think like, the, the Browns this year have a bunch of players, some that are going to be undrafted um, that they're bringing in, right? They don't have a pick in the first round. That's what they're doing. Or you have a team like the Rams that haven't had a visit yet. That's been reported, <laughs> you know, uh, but they're not picking till the end of the third. So I think it's different per team of what this means, uh, but it is what I like to use it for, especially is clusters of positions. Who, what, what, what are you looking at? You know, the Falcons have brought in one receiver, they brought in a ton of edge rushers. I don't think they're taking a receiver at eight, right? I think they'd be bringing a ton of receivers and going through that process. You know, the Steelers are bringing all these quarterbacks. They're probably going to take one. The Titans are bringing in a ton of tight ends. They're probably going to take a tight end. In the first so are the end. Bengals. Right. So are the Bengals. So, like, I, I think that's, uh, to me, a little more important. Maybe it's not a guy on that list, but um, I think positionally you can see where the focus is. Um, I, I don't, I can't, I, I didn't research this. I'm just basing off this hearsay from a, a buddy of mine who's a big Saints fan. And he said that Mickey Loomis has never drafted a player that they brought in for a visit. Interesting. I'm going to try to look that up. I, 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 I'm curious. I, is, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I didn't say he was lying. I, I just, I don't know, but it, it sounds, Mickey Loomis is a weird dude. So it doesn't. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't completely dismiss it out of uh, immediately, 
but I, I, yeah, if, if you got if you got a minute, we'll look that up because I'm curious as to how that goes. Uh, the Saints do operate uh, differently than any other team in the NFL for sure. Um, one guy who is getting a lot of these visits and such is Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter. He's the hot name here, Shane, in these last few days. A lot of the Desmond Ritter hype. Um, are you buying him as potentially being – I mean, there are some people saying he could be the first quarterback taken. I'd be surprised if that happens. His, 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 I mean, I will say his his draft number has I mean, his his betting number has come down significantly in the last week, but that could just be based off all the talk and everything that that's going on that has has pushed his number down. But uh, I found it interesting. Um, I mean, Ritter because Malik Willis didn't test. Ritter's going to test as the most athletic quarterback in this draft class. So. Um, I mean, he's got that going for him, I guess. So I, I, I'm just curious. I mean, what what your thought on that was? And is, I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't buy it either. But I, you, you did mention today on Twitter that he will be, or or in our Discord, the Debbie Markowitz Discord, I should say, uh, that you that you would have him in the first round in your mock draft on Monday. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's going to go in the first, just that athletic upside with the experience level, with the coaching ability. Um, you know, I, th- I think a team's going to take him. I think if there is a quarterback run early, I don't think he'll be the first quarterback off the board. I'll never say never. You know, I think people will know, like, the Falcons probably like him. Well, the Falcons are picking eight. I don't think they're going to take him at eight. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe a trade back in. That's the best case scenario, but... Uh, third quarterback, I, I think Pick and Will is still are going to go above him, but I don't. I think it might not be far off. I mean, it might only be a couple picks later. I think there's just a lot of upside there, and there's definitely some teams. You know, we talked about Pittsburgh and Carolina and New Orleans that look like they're aiming for a quarterback at some point. That probably means he's taken at some point. Outside of Willis, I guess you could say Ritter probably does have the most upside of the of these quarterbacks. Because I think Pickett maybe is tapped. I mean, he is what he is, and maybe slightly less so somehow. I, I don't know. I guess Corral as well, but I guess we'll see. Um with, with Ritter. Uh would would it upset you with him at twenty? No, I, I would be happy with it. I think I have some concerns, but just like Pickett or Willis, to me, uh, as long as you bring in Desmond Ritter and you sit him, <laughs> you know, don't don't let him start day one. Don't let him start week one. Like he needs to sit. He needs to learn how to read a defense better. He needs to learn how to use his footwork to be more accurate. I think there are major issues in his game. There's a reason he's not a top five pick, but. Um, I would be happy with him in Pittsburgh. Why I feel like you have Mitch Trubisky. I think Desmond Ritter's a very similar quarterback to Mitch Trubisky. Maybe that sounds like a knock because Mitch Trubisky went so high and was kind of a bust. But I mean, if Desmond Ritter can be what Trubisky was and, and develop more, like I think you get a really good player on your hands. So I, I would I would be fine with it for Pittsburgh. I think if you're a team like New Orleans or Detroit, you know, once again, where you have that opportunity to sit him. Even Atlanta, I mean, put him behind Marcus Mariota. He, he that's basically run the same offense. You're going to run with uh, Ritter. I think it'd work out. Ritter in round one. There you have it. 
Uh, so you mentioned the potential trade back with Atlanta, and we, we touched on this a few weeks ago, and I just wanted to see if, if maybe anything has changed in your mind as far as some potential, like, I mean, because we had the trade with New Orleans, and that's got me thinking that maybe they still want to move up again. Um, I keep circling back. I think the first four spots, I think all four of those teams would love to move back in the top four. I don't think they will. I think the first, our first trade spot is going to be at five. If we get one in the top 10 and that's with the giants with teams wanting to get ahead of Carolina, be it for an offensive tackle, be it for a quarterback. I think that's the spot where teams are going to view. They have to get ahead. The team they view, they have to get ahead of to get one of those guys. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? I think it's fair for the teams moving up. I think that I just don't know if the Giants will want to move down. Well, like, them having the seventh pick, I thought that maybe they could. It wouldn't I, hurt them as much. Right. It's, it, I think it's a question of what they want to get out of it, right? Do they right. want Sauce Gardner and an offensive tackle or and an edge rusher? You better stick at five and seven, right? Like you move down any, yeah, you move down into New Orleans territory. Like you ain't getting right. that. So yeah, I mean, that's the, the, but that is, that's a good question. I mean, it's a good question. Cause I, I think, I think the price would be very high still to move up. It, it almost feels to me like Carolina would be the team to move down to take a quarterback later and get someone to move up for that last offensive tackle or for that last edge rusher. That's just my thought, but uh, you know, Hey, like once again, it could happen. Uh, Giants can move down. It could happen. You could also see like that's a very good point. What you just said. So let's hypothetically say the Giants, the the tackle run has started. You know Carolina is going to take a tackle if you don't, right? Or you have to think that. So if you take the offensive tackle, then a team maybe maybe even wants to come up for Sauce Gardner. Right. And, and, and could come up to Carolina at six. Cause I'm with you. Cause I think Carolina, not only do, do I think they're going to want to move down, I think they need to just to get some of those uh, Sam Darnold picks back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's curious. Exactly. Uh, is there any other hot spots you think you could see? We could see some, some movement and for what for? It's a good question. Um, I almost feel like the back end of the top 10 as well. Like, I just think Seattle is a team that is has a lot of needs. They're kind of rebuilding. Like, does a pick at nine really help them where the top offensive tackles are gone, top edge rushers are gone? I mean, what are you looking at? You're looking at Derek Stingley. You're looking at Charles Cross, maybe – uh, who doesn't really fit your offense. Like it, it kind of feels like a good spot if you want to move up for a receiver or you want to move up for a corner or maybe Kyle Hamilton sitting there, right? I think you could see nine be a spot. Um, that would make a lot of sense to me too. I, I agree. Um, that you brought up the we're going to, we got a question on Twitter about Charles Cross, so I, I want to hold that to him. But I just want to throw a quick 
does Trevor Penning get drafted ahead of Charles Cross? I don't think he goes ahead of Aquanu or Neil, but could you see Penning as OT3? I, I could. I think there are going to be teams that don't have Cross on their board just for scheme fit and really like Trevor Penning, right? So I think I think if there's a case where, you know, let's say Aquanu and Evan Neal go in the top five, let's say Carolina takes a quarterback uh, and Seattle doesn't take an offensive tackle. Like, you know, we, we, we can kind of talk about Charles Cross, but I think at that case, you start getting into teams that maybe would consider Trevor Penning. Like I think Baltimore take Trevor Penning over Charles Cross, right? So I think there are teams that would do that. I think there's a 50-50 shot. Eh, I, I would say it's still more likely, 75% more likely Cross goes first, but I think there's 25-ish percent chance that Penning goes first. Speaking of, just so I don't, I don't feel like I'm insane anymore, um, I mocked Evan Neal one in our draft last week. I did it this week in my seven-round mock. He is now has a higher percentage on mock draft database as number one than Hutchinson does. It's it's close. It's like thirty seven and a half to thirty five percent. It's close. They're all Brian. They're all Brian mocks. Uh, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Josh Edwards, who we had on the podcast a couple oh, weeks ago, CBS, and his last mock also had Evan Neal going uh, one. Okay, yeah, to you, all, right, all, right, all right. So I am not crazy. I am not crazy. All right, Shane, we're, we're not going to have our uh, marathon episode tonight. You've got some other stuff to take care of tonight. And uh, let's be honest, we are light on the content this evening. So um, we will not be light on the content these next couple of weeks, though. But uh, so let's get to some Twitter questions. We don't have any in the chat. No, we do not. So. Let's go to the Twitter question here and at shiny DH David Howell ask, I've seen Charles cross fall to 11. I've seen him talked up as a top five pick. Do you have any idea if he is going to fall and could he move to right tackle if the place he indeed falls to is the chargers? Yeah. D- David's a good follower. We have some good conversations. I, I actually, I think it's one of the, one of the biggest struggles that I'll have in my next mock draft because I almost feel like he either goes six to Carolina or falls pretty darn far. Like, I mean, I, I don't think 17 to the chargers is off as maybe the, the floor for him to fall to. I just think he's such a good, you know, pass protector. Like I said before, I think teams like Baltimore, Seattle aren't going to have him rated as highly um, the jets, you know, maybe the jets will as an inside zone blocker, but you know, they have other needs. So, man, it's it's tough because I think it could go either way. I personally think he's good enough. He should go top 10. Um, and I feel like he will. But I feel like I'm not going to have the spot correct. And that's going to that's gonna make me sad on draft night. But, yeah. What about the question of can he play right tackle if he – lands with the chargers are you okay with that playing opposite uh with whatever sean slater at left tackle yeah i uh i think i think it'd be great like i think he could do it it's a little bit of a transition but i mean that would be awesome for justin herbert so i'd, I'd be in i think him and better Richard than storm be norton yeah yeah absolutely i think i think he could fit there very well yes all right good deal at godfather league ask um I'm assuming this is one of your uh, another one of your fantasy peeps here, Shane. 
Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But wants to get some some draft ranges here uh, for four different players. Let's start with Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from Florida State. Uh, I think, and feel free to disagree. I think his ceiling is four overall. I think his floor is probably lower than I think. Um, man, I, I just really think he's going to go pretty early. I'd say his floor maybe is like 22. Yeah, I think the Packers would jump on him. I mean, that and that feels – I don't think he's going to fall that far. I feel like I had him falling further in my last mock than, than he will. I would have to go back and look. But I I think his ceiling is like where you said at four, and that's if, say, the Jets or whoever have him like maybe higher than Thibodeau. I, I mean, or we could go – it could be edge, 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 four edges in a row. Wow. You know, I mean, I, that would that, be something to see. Like, it could happen, right? Could, could it go Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, Jermaine Johnson? You know, I, I don't think that's a zero percent chance. That would be that would be interesting to see for sure. Um, I think his floor is fifteen. Hmm. Philadelphia's first pick. No, that, that's probably that probably is a good call. I think they. All right, next spot here. Uh, this one's going to be wide. We're gonna we're gonna cast the net wide here. Uh, Andrew Booth, corner Clemson. Um, yeah, it is wide because he had he had sports hernia surgery, so there's a lot of talk of him falling out of the first round. Um, but I, I think a lot of teams need corners. I think the ceiling is 12, Minnesota. Don't think he goes higher than that. I think the floor is. I mean. <laughs> I think the floor is, you know. I think it's the I'm gonna say, second I'm, round pick. I'm going to say pick 100. I mean, right? Because, I mean, is this a medical issue? So, when there's a medical, I'm going to add a round because it, it happens. What, okay. if that, what if that surgery went that's, poorly? No, that's fair. You're, you know, you're right. You know I mean? You're absolutely so. right. And, and if he starts, if he's falling, he's going to be the guy we're talking about during night two of our draft coverage. Okay. This has got to be from, from the surgery. Right. I think if all systems go on the medicals, I think his floor is, is it 34? The Jets second round pick. Is that 35? 35. Uh, 35. Yeah. yeah. 35 and 38. They have 35. I'll, I'll say 35 is, is his floor there. Cause I know that's a big need uh, for the Jets. And if they don't get sauce Gardner or Stingley, uh, at pick four or ten, I think you know if Booth were still to still be on the board there, I think uh, that'd be a good spot for them. All right, here's another one. We're about to cast that net wide. Yeah, David Ojabo. Man, that's a tough one. Godfather League bringing it. I'm gonna say his ceiling is, uh, yeah, I'll say 15 to Philly. I don't think he'd go – I mean, I think 15's rich, but, like, maybe. Maybe there's a shot that a team takes him 15 through 20. Uh, you know, once again, it's a medical issue. Like, I feel like the sweet spot's early second round, 36 to the Giants if everything's good. But I would say, you know, 80, maybe seven, you know, maybe 78 is, like, the floor floor for him. 
So we're talking Achilles with a Jabo. So we we're looking at best case scenario six months, which is ridiculous. Was what Cam Akers came back from, and now all of a sudden everybody thinks that's the standard. Yeah, right? It's not the standard. I mean, you're looking at a nine to twelve month recovery for Ojabo. So at at no point do I expect him to play this season. I think for me, his I like what you said with Philadelphia at fifteen. Although I would say. 19 would be or 18 i'm sorry 18 would be his ceiling absolute i think you're gonna you're a team that's well stocked with draft picks both now and in the future i think who can absorb a red shirt on a guy i realistically i think kansas city with either pick 29 or 30 is where i would start to kansas city's two second round picks that they have one of the they have two second round picks right i didn't imagine that or did I? I just did a seven-round mock draft, and I can't even remember. But anyway, or to Kansas City in the second round with their with their second-round pick, I think is uh, is a spot there. That's fair. Uh, last range here: George Pickens, wide receiver, Georgia. I think Ooh. you probably got a good handle on this one, though. <laughs> Do I? I am. Um, uh, maybe. I uh, so I'm going to say ceilings twenty-two. I think the Packers – I think – like, I'm probably going to have him to the Packers in my final mock, probably above, like, Traylon Burst or something. That won't happen. But I feel like the Packers are going to draft him, man. Um, I think floor – I mean, let's see. I think, like, early 40s is a sweet spot of where it would be good for him to go. I will say – I mean, I'll just go back. I'll say 59 to the Packers in the second round. But I do think he goes early second. I will say I'm with you 100% agree. Ceiling is 22 to Green Bay. Floor, I think, is is um, I want to say it's 42. Is that Indianapolis? 42 is the Colts, yeah. I, I'll say that. 22 to 42 for George Pickens. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it. Like, I think that is a nice spot. Um the Bears could take them at 39. Yeah, you know, there's some good spots there. Yeah. Good question. Good. Both two good questions. Yeah. Very good question. And uh yeah, that, that we, we had to think, Shane. That's just yeah. too that's asking way too much for uh, us here. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. So that's uh that well, I forgot to change the banner, but we were answering Twitter and chat questions there, folks. Uh final thoughts, Shane. We're gonna like I said, we're gonna close her out early tonight. Uh, you've been uh, you've been putting a lot of uh, a lot of notes there, a lot of a lot of quibs about a lot of prospects, especially those wide receivers the other day. That was a lot. Uh, you've had tight ends up. I think you got offensive attack, offensive linemen. I should say uh, coming up tomorrow. Yeah, that, that's I think that's a big one. I think that's up over two hundred uh, offensive linemen tomorrow. And yeah, I'm, I'm just working through my notes and putting down a couple things. And as I, you know, get later, it's less and less. But, um, you know, I, I think it's good if you want to look up a player or you sign undrafted free agent. If I've watched them, they'll be up there. And also during the draft, we'll have our live stream. You should be watching during all three days of the draft. Uh, but, you know, I'll probably be taking those and tweeting those out as well as, as teams pick players. So it's kind of a good exercise. I'm not I'm not a d- defensive back, so I'm a little scared. I guess I think we uh, up over 200 defensive backs so um i'm getting there but that that one's going to take some time 
Yeah. Um, I had, uh, I wrapped up our pro day piece yesterday or sorry, that came out this morning, I should say, uh, over at the site, uh, Friday, uh, Shane, I'm going to give everybody a list of my guys. You probably heard me talk about them a lot on this podcast. Uh, so yeah, probably gonna probably go with five. You know, my five favorite guys. Maybe not the five best players. Not, it's not gonna be the five players that I think are the best prospects in this draft class. These are five guys that I just thoroughly enjoyed watching throughout this process, and guys that I'll be pulling for to be drafted as high as possible uh, when we come up. But Shane, uh, that's gonna do it for tonight's episode. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that, and you're new to the channel, uh, hit the subscribe button and. Uh, Get a, hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live, especially, like Shane said, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. We are live. Pick-to-pick, gavel-to-gavel coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft right here on YouTube.com slash The Draft Countdown. So you're definitely going to want to subscribe and be notified when those videos go live. If you're listening to us audio, leave us a good five-star review. Uh you know, tell everybody, tweet out links to it or whatever, or share it on your social media. Get the buzz out about the Draft Countdown podcast. We want everybody to hear it as we are in peak draft season, as we said. You can follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. DraftCountdown.com for daily coverage of the NFL draft. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody. <laughs>